0: Okay, um, let's begin our discussion. Parshas Korach, uh, Toshin Pebes. Pei Just scheduling note: this will be the last this year in Beit Shemesh for a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be broadcasting from uh, Cam Cayley. Again, we will be staying a week ahead uh, online um, for the B'nai Eretz Yisrael, um, even though up until Matos Masay, we'll, uh, we'll be ahead. But Parshas Dvarim, everybody gets back to, together, B'Ath Shem in a couple of, of weeks. Okay, but I hope to uh, <laughs> to give one next week and... Uh, to keep up the consistency and retifa. So we start off with Korach. And Rebaran Cutler wonders what many wonder. And that is, Korach was such a smart person. He was a Baal Ruach HaKodesh. He was on such high levels. So how exactly did he sin? What exactly misled him? How are we supposed to understand the chait? He the Indian Korach Right? Rashi quotes it. was very smart. What was this foolishness, so to speak? Which we'll talk a number of uh, a number of thoughts about. And Chazal say, hitato, his eye deceived him. He saw great descendants. Rosh he saw Shmuel anavi coming from from him. And he says, ah, I must be I must be great. Kasha Od Yoser. How is it that he reached such levels of Ruach Hakodesh? Uh, as we know, that family, the fa- family of Levi, that uh he stood up and was so brazen to Moshe Rabinu. Ubioser Tamua, Akri Kola, Sagos Agdolos Vatsumos, Shisigu, yesias Mitzrayim Krias Yamsu, Mavar sinai. Korach lived through all of that. Right? We're still in year number two. Still in year number two. Next week, uh, Hukas gets now, then into. Um, we skip to year number 40. But now we're still in year number two. So Karach saw all of this. Even the simpletons of that generation saw amazing miracles. And Moshe was the one. B'schus Moshe, the man came, and everything that Moshe did had Kriyas Yamsuf, and Moshe promised, and Moshe stood up to Paro. So, how exactly was it possible for Korach to, to do this? Ubir Hadover, and he says, again, many have this uh, similar idea, but says uh, Revar and Kotler, Ubir Hadover, Ki Ekev, Madre Gusam, Hagadola, Vahasokoseim, Arukliyus Hanoros. Because. Due to their amazing abilities in spirituality, they had a very deep and strong desire and thirst to get close to Hashem, to get close to Rukhlias. There was this burning desire in them to be able to um, um, have this fulfilled. Right, and, and what do you see? And it wasn't only really Karach; it was the whole nation at the time. What's a riot that you see? This amazing uh, thirst, and the Medrash told us that the Bnei kahas, some of them, you know, lost their lives even if they weren't taking care of the of the Aron and the other Kalem properly. They're like, we don't care. We want to take care of this. We want to take care of these Kliyam Mikdash, Kliyam Mishkan. But misamtsin, tokev, Aron. They fought over it. They fought over it. Right? The Jews then, as Jews now, had this deep thirst for closeness to Hashem. Skip a couple of lines. Even at the time of the Chorban, they kept doing the Avoda up until the last moment. So there was just tremendous thirst. And therefore, when they, Korach, the other people, felt that there were others that got other spiritual positions ahead of them, so they were bothered. There, there's a tinge of, of uh, truthfulness, as we learned last week. The miraglim, nothing nothing stands without a, a little MS to it. Says the Mishnah's Rabbi on the t- next column. Even Yisraelim were were felt this even within the Levi camp if they weren't chosen. So they had this tremendous thirst as as many times in history, starting with the biblical history. Some give, that's the Pshad of the Chayta Egel. Maybe that's the pshat of Nodda and V'lo They weren't complaining about portions in Eretz Yisrael, but they were complaining about the Avodah. ki'omali ratza If Moshe would have asked for them... Ki yizku gam heim what Moshe by the eagle done for everybody? Moshe by the miraglem, he could have done for everybody. Why do some people have to get certain positions and others not? So what was the chait? What was the problem? Says the Mishnah Rabbah. If someone has a unbelievable desire for ruchnias and it's pure, it's totally lishma. Takala will never come out of it. The fact that takala, the fact that stumbling, the fact that we see what happens, so we recognize it wasn't so pure. It might have been covered up with purity, but deep down, Korach was arrogant. And it wasn't just to be close to Akadish Barachu, it was that he should be close to Akadish Barachu. Line fourth, on the bottom. <speaking in Hebrew> In Takala Yotzis, Vilo Haisa If the Histokukus the yearning was pure, Lohis be given Takala Nara Kazu, this never would have happened, that they would fight with Moshe Rabinu and they would uh, say that they would stand up to him. Moshe Emes, Basaraso Emes, they would never have done that. The fact that you see how they acted, you see what it led to, the machlokas that it led to. So we recognize that it wasn't so pure. Because so often, and it's so hard, gaiva arrogance and being subjective about my own personality could creep in, into the best Kavanas, Even to the best kavanas, especially someone who, has, who thinks that they're so amazing, that they're so amazing, and arrogance blinds us. The Medris, the Hushalmi tells a story, it just came up, or a similar story came up in the Dafiomi recently. In Mesechus Yevamis, about a certain Talmud of, of uh, I think it was Rabbi Hudan Asi, I don't remember, but uh, he gets a new, a new job, he gets a new job, and he goes, and they welcome the new rabbi, and they have a whole uh, committee, and they, they set up a whole stage, and they put him on the stage, and they start asking him questions. They know they're new rabbis, they ask them Akasha about uh, uh, Yevamah Sherachaka she, 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 she Dom. And uh, all these details of, of Yavamis. They asked him halacha, they asked him and they asked him everything and nothing. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. They're like, I don't understand. He's not about Darshan, he's not about not I don't know, What's going on here? So the next day Rebbe saw him and he told him about it. Rebbe's like, well, you know those halachas, you know the pshatim of those psukim. I don't understand. So he said, yeah, but let me tell you what happened. They put me on this big platform. They raised me up. They treated me with such pomp and circumstance. A little bit of gaiva crept into my, into my mind. And it clouded my mind, and I, could, I couldn't think straight. One of the great doli at It's Korach, Kavachomer. When we think of the purity of Kavana that we have to have, even within the world of mitzvos, we act because we're Avde Hashem. And it wouldn't have happened if this would be there. And that's why the Rambam, as we know, talks about in Hilfas Deos. There's only two midos that we have to try to go to the extreme. All other midos, we have to follow the middle path. We can't give away too much money, and we can't keep too much money, and we can't be this, so we can't be... Only kas and gaiva, anger and arrogance, and those two go together. We have to try to root those out totally because any little bit could affect even the best kavanas, and that's what happened to Korach, um, it affected him. V'kach v'kein on the bottom right. yadu but it's or geus. The gaiva led to kina, led to jealousy. Korach thought that he was uh, being taken advantage of, and that led to his downfall. The greater they are, the harder they fall. In the time, the, in the context of Korach, as we could say. Related to this, the Rashi that we just spoke about. Rav levi, Korach tries to say everybody is Kadosh and Chazal tell us the Rashi was quoted before it's also quoted here in source number 3 Korach what, what was this shtus? Eino <laughs> hit aso his eye caused him to make a mistake Rosh he saw this great line of of, 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 of prophets coming from him Shmuel shashakal kenegah Moshe Aaron. we say Friday night Shmuel and is equal to Moshe and Aaron in a certain sense. Shmuel oh, b'Karei Shemo, Amar Karapalibo b'Shvi'lo ani Nimlat. Must be that I'm great also. So the story is told here in the V'Karasal Shabbos Onig when one of the rebbeis, Hagonat Tzaddik of Israel, was a seven-year-old boy. He was learning Chumash. The Kashri Gilo Pasik when they came to this Pasak, a Malamid. The child, the sharp child, very sharp as we see, asked his Malamid, madua hit What do you mean his eye misled him? Balashin Yachid. One eye? Right? A person has two eyes. His eyes misled him. He looked in the future and he saw that. It wasn't all, you know, he sees he's going to be great, his family. So why does he only see one eye, not two eyes? The Melamed was shocked even at the question of the seven-year-old. The Yomar, I don't know. I got to look at uh, some of the Farshim you Rashi. But if the child asks the question, you want to give an answer? You had thought of something? Before the child answers, he says, oh, by the way, I guess the seven-year-old knew the Torah by heart. Kigam Moshe What did they say at the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life? Lo eno. His eye did not become weak or dulled. Also, Moshe Rabbeinu, one eye. So, what's the emphasis of one eye? Bilam's one eye. Bilam. Korach's one eye tricked him, and. Moshe's one eye stayed strong. Ella says, "The seven-year-olds, <laughs> Haadam Nivra Imshtei Ha'Inayim, we are created with two eyes. We are supposed to be created with two eyes. We have the potential for two eyes. Ha'achaz Kadelirozu Lizbonayim, but Gadlus Habore Yizbarach. One is what we might call slobatka. the Derech Halimud of Gadlus Habore, the awesomeness of Hashem. Hashem is amazing." I shouldn't say slavat because It's not exactly the same, right? But uh, but either way, the godless ha the because it's godless adam shiflus adam. But anyway, the godless of barachu ve'ilu liros shiflus atzmo. Do so we focus on how great Hashem is or how small I am? Because those are our two eyes, and we have to have the proper balance in those. We need the proper balance that might be connected to the meraglim, that might be connected to the parsha of Sitzis, we spoke about that. That's the problem. Al One eye of his was perfect. But one eye of his was not. He knew the greatness of Hashem, but he didn't see the shiftless of himself. That second eye was his problem. That, that's the eye that misled him. Who hit that es Korach? He hit that as Korach. That's the eye that, that misled Korach. Uhumakan Lirozos, Ros, Shoshella adoros Hamu Fueres. He had Gablas Karishbarakhu and Gablasa Adam. Again, Gablas Adam is also good in a certain context, but not when it comes on the on the heels of taking advantage, of thinking we're too much for who we are. Ram That's the one eye of Korach that misled him. It was his shiftless adam. I, that was out of out of sync. Lo umazos yemayelat, but Moshe Rabenu ino. His eye never changed. Mishum she Moshe Rabenu al avkala madvegos and All of the amazing heights that Moshe Rabenu was ocheh kinosin atar medaber meshchin afe al Right, the uniqueness of Moshe Rabenu. Right, the four differences between Moshe Rabenu and all the other nivim his eye of shiftless Atzmo never, never changed. He stayed Moshe Rabbeinu. He stayed Moshe. He was the same Moshe Rabbeinu. I think we've quoted in the past, right? There were four people that the Torah, not the Torah, Tanakh, three in the Torah, HaKadosh um, called them double. Avram, Avraham, Yaakov, Yaakov, Moshe, Moshe, and Shmuel, Shmuel. The Zohar, Rav Chaim Ivelazhin quotes this in his commentary on Pirkei Avos, Rav The Zohar notes that if you look in the Chumashim, there's a line between the two names of Avraham, Avraham, and Yaakov, Yaakov. There's a line there. It's like a break. There's like a, a psik. There's no line between Moshe and Moshe. There's no line. So, so what's, what, what is that? what is that teaching us? So the two names are Moshe Potential, Moshe Actual. Avram Potential, Moshe Actual. So all of them reach the levels of, of the potential Avram Avinu and what Avram actualized himself to be. But there's a slight little tiny line, maybe not perfection, perfection, almost perfection. Moshe Avinu has no line. Because he reached the ultimate of any human being. But it didn't change who he was. Alright, right, another pshat. Moshe, 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 before Hashem spoke to him, Moshe, after Hashem spoke to him. His eye did not become weak. His eye of Shifla's atzmo did not become weak. He stayed who he was. And that's what we learned from the seven-year-old Hatsadik of Yisrael, Meyusaitin. And that's what we learned from Korach versus Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. Moving right along. So let's see Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction. We spoke about Korach. So now we get into... Moshe, Korach starts getting the powers that be involved. What are you doing? Why are you getting upset at Aaron? All the Israelim were probably saying to Korach, what, "What are you? Most of them, you're, you're a Levi. You can at least do something. We're Israelim. What do we do? So you're a Levi. You're a Mishorer. You're a Meshuar. You get to be in the base of the What are you complaining about?" No, ma'arki, l'som y'asar baschal Right, did we, uh, did, was it small? Did you bring us up to the sashal le'anlam? He said it by midbar, his tarer gam, Parenthetically, I think, I think it's an answer to a trivia question. I think tis tarer is the word in the Torah which has the highest gematria. I think. I think once uh, heard that. Tis tarer. You check it out. Aflo Right, you didn't bring us to the land. You could. bring us to the land. Poke our eyes out, we're not coming. Va'yichar Lamoshe ma'od. How would we translate? Va'yichar Lamoshe ma'od. Moshe is very. What does Uncle say? Uskeif leMoshe lachta. What does Rashi say? Va'yichar Lamoshe ma'od. Nitztaer ad le'ma'od. He was in pain. We would normally translate vayichar as angry, right? That's what Uncle seems to say. Takif is anger. Rashi Nitztaer ad This is just a word to understand in the Torah. Says the if Says the Nitziv in source number four, vayichar He says Rashi's right. kaas. It's not anger. Vayichar plain in the Torah. Does not mean angry, and Moshe didn't get angry here. Anger would mean, you know, a personal slight. You know, he took a per- so Moshe never took these things personally when it was against his covet, as we were just talking about. But it pained him. It pained him that there were Jews that thought that he was doing things himself, not from a Baruch Hu. Komosh which we'll look at in a minute. Af Moshe. Vayichar af means angry. Vayichar does not mean anger. Vayichar means pain. Vahusha hirkesh moshe rabeinu. Kokach. Moshe was so sensitive. He felt so much for his fellow Jews. Yoser mi shahaya vadibar aurana miriam shal Moshe moshevuma. Moshe wasn't Vayichar at the end of Alosha when his siblings spoke about him. Doesn't say any reaction there. Nothing. Because Moshe doesn't take anything personally. There was no chil Hashem there either. There was nothing what was. So they didn't realize how unique of a Navi he was. Well, Moshe's going to be upset about that. Moshe's going to be. Not, Moshe's not angry. Moshe's not in pain. Nothing. But here Moshe is, is in pain. Because <laughs> there it was just a personal, a personal thing about his own unique character. <laughs> Having to do with his own personal status, that Moshe Rabbeinu is 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 uh, you know totally not shy to that discussion. Mashain here. Why did Moshe have pain here? Because Korach was giving the impression that Moshe wasn't out for the good of Klal Yisrael, and that pains him. He doesn't care about his own covet. But when people think, Moshe thinks that I'm out for my own personal benefit. I'm not giving my my heart and soul, my blood sweat and tears for for Am Yisrael. That that's painful. Vayichar. And he wants. Cause, and, and again, if that's if that's called into question, I think we spoke about this in the past. Then the entire Mesorah is called into question. Because if you don't have Avinu ba'shem and Moshe Avdo, then then all of Torah is on shaky ground. And that's what pains him. That's what pains him. And the tziv refers to the vayichar, meaning this also, embracius. We have it also, right? Remember by Rachel, al yichar b'ene Adoni ein mashmoz yichar kaas el b'makom dechziv af etzlo vayichar af Yaakov. When Yaakov got angry, yes, that's vayichar af. The Khain Harbe, Masheenkin, Vajra Lod Alash Paras Hashem, the Yonanavi, Haitif Harali, all of those low casoshadashbaraku. But it's it's just pain. The next possible Yakov, so Gam Khan, Enim Lash Kas. See proves it from other from other contexts as well. Bayikar means pain and not and not anger. Okay. Moving right along. Tezain tes. So what happens? Moshe says to Korach, Shimu naben Levi. Think, listen up, listen, B'nai Levi. We're going back a pasuk. Hamat mikem. Is it small from you? Kihibdalokay Yisrael ashem yadas Yisrael that Hashem has separated you and made you different. The klayak already asks, what do you mean, hamat mikem? Is it small from you? it? Should be, is it small for you, to you? You only got some. Ha- what's hami'at mi'kem? What's mi'kem and not l'achem? So the is gives one answer. We'll look at another answer this year from the Darki Musa Rav Naiman. The F. Shalomar, he quotes a fascinating medrash. The medrash itself is fascinating even. He's going to stick it into the Pasuk in a, in a Jewish way, but the medrash has, is, uh, should be more famous. Maybe it is. Just not, uh, we'll try to make it famous. Tzadikim Eloheihem Omed Alehem. Tzadikim, their God, is above them. Right? Their God stands above them. Shneamar, as the Pazik says by Yaakov in the ladder, Hashem alav. Hashem's above him. Hashem's above on top of the ladder. V'harishahim, Rashaim stand on their gods. Shneamar, omed al Paro stood on the yaor, on the Nile, which was the God. What's What's the pshat? Is the God of over? Is the God under? What does it mean? Hashem is above the tzaddik. The tzaddik doesn't use God as a service. Ask for things. Are you my servant? No, Hashem is not our servant. Tzaddikim don't look at Hashem as their servant. The opposite. We're the servants, and if our God is above me. He, gives great. And what if give? he won't rebel. He won't complain. That means that's 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 what it means. That a is above. The God of a Russia, Where's the God? But beneath. Because when I need things, I'll ask for it. You're my servant. And if you don't give it to me, I'll find another God. I remember the story of Menashe at the end of his life. He turned to every single God in the world. Tried looking for help. None. Okay, I might as well ask Hashem. Might as well ask Hashem. Can't hurt. And the Malachim were closing the windows in Shemayim. They didn't want the Tila to go through. We've... Discussed that in the past. But that's Paros on top of his gods. V'chein matzino is ha-lovan. Kishibayi Eliezer, la-rab na-raim, ruts lovan. V'armalo, anohi panisi abayis. Right, Rashi quotes here, if you remember, he got the Avodah Zarah out of the house. Why? Because when he saw the gold and the silver of Eliezer, he's like, oh, maybe there's a different god I should be in uh, involved with. V'chein matzino b'medruh, kishibiki ish parami Yosef, lifteros ha-chalomos. Sholoso he-chyeh piton ha-chalom, And if not, I don't want the Pitaron V'chulu. Who's serving who? That's the question in in life. When we daven, we have to remember this medrash. You know, are we on top of a Baruch demanding or requesting and hoping but we know that we're not in charge. So that's the medrash. And says the Dubna Magid. He gives two Mishalim and then he puts it back into the Pasuk. One medrish, he says there was a certain merchant that sat in shul always for hours and learned before he went to business. One time there was somebody that came to his house and his wife answered the door. He's not in the house. And he left. He left. And when the guy came back from the base management, who was he? He's like, oh, it was so-and-so. So-and-so, he is... You know how much money he has? You know what we could have gotten? You know how much he could have invested? I can't believe he didn't call me. Next time, call me. Next time, call me. I know I'm. it's time for learning, but now call me. Okay. A couple days later, a mesholach came to the door and his wife said he's not home. He said, well, wait, you have to stay here. My husband said, I have to call him. And he goes and she gets it for the base fetish and he comes and he says, yeah, who is it? Yeah, he's here and he, he asked for a check. He says, no, don't call me when somebody wants to get money. Call me when somebody wants to give me money and to invest with me. Who's serving who? What are the priorities in terms of what he's doing and what he's ready to be called out to do? Again, it's not a Rashi; he's learning Torah, but just in terms of the uh, perspective. When they want to get or they want to give. And one more, and then we'll get it back to the Pasik. A king gives fields to his servants. He gives one field. The Dumbna Magad, by the way, always has a... Why is he called the Dumbna Magad? Because he always has a a Magad. He always has a Mashal. They once asked him, Why do you always give him a Shalom? He's like, let me tell you a Mashal. That's what he uh, answered. But I forgot what the marshal was. But, um, but it's about always graphically illustrating. But anyway, so the says it was a king that gave one field to one servant, two fields to another servant, three fields to another servant. And he paid them equally. He paid them equally. The guy who only got one field said, why do you only give me one field? I want more than one field. Even though he got the same schar, He's getting paid the same as the person with two fields and three fields. Why, why are you asking me for, for more fields? If you're getting paid, there's something that doesn't add up here. Why are you asking me? It must be that there's something in, my, in the fields that you're getting personal benefit from. Maybe you're cutting some of the fruit off. Maybe you're taking some more stuff. So that's why you want more fields. Because why else would you be asking me for more? You know what? If you're not happy with what you have, you know what? I'll take the one field that you have. Says the Dumna Magid. They want to be on top of the gods. Why do they want the service? Why do they want the service? Because they want to serve. They want to feel good about themselves. And obviously, they're not in it. Like the person only got one field. I guess you to do one field. They're in it for themselves. And therefore Hamaat, even the little that you have, kem, I'm gonna take from you. Because if you don't if you're not working for me, if it's not on the business account, so then it's not going to work. Says the Dumnamaghad, you put those two Mishalim together and you understand what the problem was with, with Karach. A he wasn't doing it for um HaKadosh Baruch Hu he was doing it for himself and obviously he only was interested in having what HaKadosh Baruch Hu could do for him and not the and not the opposite. Okay. Next. This is the only time we know in history at least that Moshe Rabbeinu basically asks for a miracle. Right? HaKadosh Bar- Moshe Rabbeinu says doesn't say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him to do this. Later on by Yomer Moshe In Pasach Havches, later on, with this you will know that Hashem sent me, I didn't make it up, if a normal, regular death, all of these people will die, if they die in bed normally, then I'm wrong. If Hashem creates a new creation, and the, when the ground opens its mouth, and they're swallowed up, then you'll know. And as he finished the words, it happened, The Ramban already points out, describing the root chait, of why such a major event had to happen in order to... Undermine publicly this um, this terrible plague in terms of mentality. The Ramban says in source number six. Many people. There were a lot of complaints right after Kriyas Yamsuf. They complained. We want water. Why do you take us up? Many people complained, and Moshe never had this happen. Kiyosu Shtayim Ros. Bizu al-Kavod Arab. Number one, right, the covet of Moshe Rabbeinu. That wasn't him. But, the Kafru B'chamasa Hashem. Asher Asa bin u'bamidbar, v'gam Ahmed Harsinai. Remember, if you deny Akkadish Moshe Rabbeinu's role, and the fact that he heard everything from Akkadish Baruch Hu and everything came from him, so then you're basically saying that Moshe did things himself? Moshe couldn't have that. Moshe couldn't have any doubt. And therefore, he had to show it was HaKadosh Baruch and not him. So, how did he convince them? Again, getting back to the question we started off with. Rabbi Sachs has a fascinating suggestion, as he often does. As you see, the title of this article The First Populist. Populism is the politics of anger, right? I say, uh, my children have heard me say before, I make a bracha in the morning, right? Tongue in cheek, Shalom Asani politician, right? Just uh, out of the many things that I'm happy that I'm not. But says says Rabbi Sachs, what's populism? It makes its appearance when there is widespread discontent with political leaders, when people feel that heads of institutions are working in their own interests rather than that of the general public, when there's a widespread loss of trust and a breakdown of the sense of the common good. A populist is somebody who doesn't really say anything themselves. They just say what everybody else is doing is wrong. They don't have any answers. You know, most of the time, whenever there's an election, you know, everybody who's running for office can promise whatever they want. We're going to fix all the problems. All I know is that the people who are doing it now, I can do better. And the more that people are not happy with the present, even if it has nothing to do with the people involved, they, they figure out when is a good time to start attacking. Again, nothing about their own value system, but about what's wrong about A, B, C, and D. That's what Korach did. That's what Korach did. Turning the page. Discontent takes the form of the rejection of current political and cultural elites. Populist politicians claim that they and they alone are the true voice of the people. The Populists stir up resentment against the establishment. They're deliberately divisive and confrontational. They promise strong leadership. They'll give the people back what has been taken from them. V'chulu. The Korach rebellion was a populist movement and Korach himself was the archetypal populist leader. And he quotes that it's it's dafka. If you look inside, if you look inside some of the claims that Moshe Rabbeinu himself said, we learn what most many people must have been thinking at that time. What Korach was 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 sending in, what Korach was sending in. Look at the top right. He and his fellow rebels mounted an impressive campaign of fake news, anticipating events of our own time. We can infer this indirectly. Moshe says to Hashem, "I have not taken a donkey from them. I haven't wronged any of them." It's clear that. That must have been what's been in the news, right? It's clear that he had been accused of just that—exploiting his office for personal gain. He says, "This is how you'll know that Hashem sent me; it wasn't my own idea." Obviously, they were saying it was all Moshe's own idea. And then, most blatant is the truth—post-truth claim of Dassan and Avira. Right? You What you—you you brought us to Eretz Yisrael. Where's Eretz Yisrael? Right? We were—we used to be in a land of milk and honey, Mitzrayim. And why, and why aren't you there exactly? Parsha Shlach wasn't that long ago. Blaming Moshe for the report of the spies, accusing him of holding on to leadership for his own personal prestige. And he quotes from the Ramban that Korach waited for this opportune time when people were feeling down on themselves. When people knew that they weren't going in. It was no longer last week. Or whatever it was before the Moraglum came back, this would never have worked. But this is what a populist type leader, you know, goes for. He goes for when there's vulnerability. When he knows that people would listen to it. Korot didn't say, What did he say? We're all in this together. Okay, great, what do you believe in? Doesn't really he just says Moshe's wrong. And the Ramban points out that this is what this is the Dafka, the time that he did it. What's the message for us? Obviously, we're not uh, Korachs. We have to try to make sure that whenever we bring up points and whenever we have, can have discussions and a Machlokas L'shem Shemayim is just that. It's a Machlokas L'shem Shemayim. It's not just to push away the other person. It's a Machlokas where each sheath believes in something. I think of quoted in the past. I didn't give it to you. I've quoted in the past that if you look in, in Masechus Brachas, Tavchav Zion or so, where they the uh, and khova they said you know what? let's wait for everybody to come to the base badgerish and we'll take a vote and they said let's wait for the bali traceen to the, come into the base badgerish what are the bali traceen the shield bearers the ones who fight the soldiers and Rav cook and the Ein Aya there in roches why dafka the shield bearer why shields how about swords spears why are they called shield bearers as if it's defense and if cook explains, because when you have a malchamta Torah, you're not about attacking the other person. You're about defending your own shita in the search for truth. It's not just about prove him wrong. It's about proving myself right. If I could prove myself right, then Mamewa, the other person will see the truth. But it's not about attacking. Right? And that's, that's what we have to think about whenever we have any of these, any discussion in our, in our uh, religion. Okay. Moving right along. So they all go down. They're swallowed up. There's a Gemara Maseches. Baba Basra. We spoke about this Gemara a number of years ago. Amr Abba Source number 10. Zimna One time I was traveling in the Rabba Rav stories. There's been a number of stories there. The Rabba stories. One time I was traveling. V'amr Sir, an Arab merchant came to me and says, you know what? I know this desert backwards and forwards. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll show you where the Korach people have been swallowed up. He showed me, he went, and there were these two rocks that were right near each other. There was smoke coming out from, from between these two rocks. He took a little wool, he, he made it wet, and he like held it with a stick over, he <laughs> put it on the tip, the tip of his spear, he stuck it in, <laughs> it came out and it was singed. There was fire down there. <laughs> he says, that's the spot. Listen, listen to what you hear. <laughs> and I heard, Moshe emes, emes. that's where the phrase comes from, that Gemara. That's where the phrase comes and he says, "Call to us and Right, every thirty days I hear that. Right, every Rosh Chodesh, because they get turned like meat in a pot, and they say Moshe Emes v'Sarasso Emes. Okay, every detail here can be spoken about. their symbolism, why Rosh uh, Chodesh, but the Aryeh Chesker, Chesker Levenstein, just points out. So what's Gehenim about? Moshe Emes v'Sarasso Emes. It's not Slam punishment. It's about recognizing our faults. It's about recognizing the mistaken mentality. Moshe, emes, v'sor, raso, emes. That's what they didn't get. And for eternity, they're doing shuva for that. Right? If the Eluayabluikar chayim explains 11 scene if they would have recognized that while they were still alive, for Yeshua and Shuva they would have done shuva. They would have saved themselves. And that's what we know. Remember the Pasak Right? The bnei Karach, they did shuva and they were they caught a ledge and they didn't go down. But that's ultimate what what's, what lies in front of us and that's what we have to do, because all of us make mistakes. I mean Lahavdil not Korach mistakes, but we all make mistakes. The key, the key for our betterment of our souls and spirituality is just for us to recognize. Sometimes we do things wrong, and I wish I did better. And I'll try better next time. To recognize. Right? Recognize that we're not perfect. That's the first step. Right? The Rambam, right? The three parts of Vidui. Right? First, recognize right? recognizing saying what we did wrong and accepting not to do it again. But part of it, the first step, is hakaras achet, and that's where Rebbe Cheskel says, we see that from this Gemara, Moshe, emes Vasaras so emes, we have to try the first step, and it's hard. It's hard for us to, to recognize our mistakes, like the Mishnah says in the Goem, adam Roe nigei atsmo. Right, which halachically means, you're not allowed to look at your own saras, but it means that, you know, we, we kind of give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, what we have to try to do, and that's, to listen to those who we respect, to be able to, to recognize the uh, faults that we have and, and, and do tshuva for them. Okay, one final thought from the Shem Shmuel. The Shem to- points out that there seems to be a difference in a detail. But again, this detail plays a role in what the purpose of the event was. If you look later on, after the story of Korach, Moshe Rabbeinu commands Aaron, HaShem tells Moshe, Get the shovel. Get fire from the mezbeach. There was a plague going on. Quickly, get fire, get Ketoris. V'holich me'er alaydan, run to the congregation. V'chaper alaym, kiyotza kesemi lefreyashemi echal anagev. Hashem was very upset. So Moshe says quickly to Aaron, go get the machta, put Ketoris on it. V'yikah, right, and the chazal say that they thought Ketoris only did bad things, and this was to teach them that Ketoris saved. V'yikah Aaron got shediri Moshe. Aaron quickly ran. V'yarat al-tochakal. He ran. V'yikhel hechal anagev. as a He put the Ketoris on the fire. V'yachaper al-ha'am. And he did Kapara. Ask the Shemi What did it sound like? And also, we know this even from the Avodah Yom Kippur, in the Kodeshim. Moshe said, Quickly, get a fire, put the Ketoras on it, and then quickly go to the people. It sounds like Moshe is supposed to do what? First, put the Ketoras on the fire, and then run to the people and, 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 and save them. That's what it sounds like. Get fire, sim Ketoras, and then quickly go to the people. What did Aaron do? Aaron, the Kohen Godel, he always, and that's what we do in the Kodesh Kedashin, right? You go in, you light the fire, not like the him, and then come out. So what did Aaron do? He takes it, he runs to the people, and only then he puts the Khtores on, as if he waited until he was doing it in front of the people. Moshe told him, Get Khtores, fire burning, and then run. Sounds like Aaron got the fire, went to the people, put the Torah on, and then it healed. Ask the Why the change? It sounds like a tiny detail that we never even noticed. But said the Shem it was all part of the plan of Moshe Rabbeinu. If you think about all of the, you know, I'm just going to add this to his words, if you think about all of these parshias, these are all Moshe Rabbeinu parshias These are all Teaching us the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu, Baloscha is obvious. That's what the Psukim talk about Hashem says, "There's nobody like Moshe." Okay, bo- mo- Moshe p'chol beis inem anu. And then the Moraglim. You see, it's Moshe against all others, and Moshe is the one that Davids, And Moshe plays a central role. And now Korach, Hakadosh Baruch who goes to bat for Moshe. But here, Aaron a as well. Why? The nireh, to light. K'tores, outside the base of Migdash or outside the Mishkan is a Chief Karis. But this was obviously a, a horashah, like Elio Bar Carmel, he brought Carvanos, even though it was but you're allowed to. So, lighting k'tores outside is also in Isser Karis. They thought that Moshe was the one that said, Moshe is making up, they still weren't convinced even after the whole Korach incident happened. And they thought Moshe Rabbeinu was the one that said to do the Ktores earlier, Kilo Yeru Yisrova Moshe Aaron was trying to teach them that it's not Moshe. Even if Moshe doesn't say B'Sheh Mashem, it means B'Sheh Mashem. Like the Gemara says, Yeshua spoke all the time. He didn't say everything I heard it from Moshe. They knew. Put the Torahs onto the fire outside of the Kodesh Kodashim. Outside, right in front of them. Moshe would never have done this Issacharis or commanded this Issacharis unless he heard it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that this is needed for a Horasha. And if this comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it must be then that it all. And now he just explains. And now he just explains. And now he Lighting the Torahs inside the Kodesh Kodashim, inside the Heichal. Once it's done and lit, it's what's called Nasi's Mitzvah, so and therefore there's no iser kare to take it out. So there wouldn't have been anything proven about the veracity of Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah had it been lit inside. Aaron Cohen says, I want to show them that this comes from Moshe Rabbeinu and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. She yaseh maisa she like Elieho Carmel, and if they realize that, then they'll realize Moshe Emes V'Sarasso Emes. Aaron trying to get them to feel that before it's too late. So in this parsha Aaron a in parshas Baloscha Kodesh Baruch so many parshias throughout are all about proving to us the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu. We know it's one of the thirteen Animamans, We know B'kamke Moshe O Naviyu MaBites Timuraso. And, you know, he's our Rebbe. There's only one person that's Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu. We could be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu in potential, the Rambam tells us. In Nebu'a, not. but he's our greatest teacher. And we have to keep learning from him throughout every Parsha in the Torah. Okay, we'll stop here. Again, schedule-wise, again, next week, we'll be picking up from Chutzlaretz. Um, but, to uh, will continue the Parsha Shirim throughout the summer. Okay, we'll stop.